This is Unhurried, and I'm your host, Doug Kyle. You know, life can feel like a race, rushing to the next thing, never time to reflect. But there is incredible value in slowing down with God to take in His perspective, His presence, His pace. Welcome to the third episode of our podcast, Unhurried, with Doug Kyle. This is Doug, your host, and I'm glad you found us. I'm glad you're with us. This is still kind of new territory for us, something that we're trying out. But we've been at it a few weeks now, and we're really enjoying it. So I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you found us. We're starting to get into a little bit of a rhythm here uh, on our way. And I want to give a special thank you to our producer and subtle visionary, Ryan Viramontes, who is uh, making this happen, as well as our boy wonder, uh, tech guy, guru, Noah Lodig. Great to have them helping uh, make this happen. Today, our topic is, we're asking the question, did Jesus really teach? Did he say that God won't give you more than you can handle? Is that something that that God would validate as true? Is that something that Jesus ever taught? In other words, is the amount of trials or tribulations, the suffering that you go through, the problems that you face, is that sort of a gauge of how strong you are spiritually? Is it is it a measure to where you are? And the more you face of troubles, the more spiritual you are. If you don't have many trials, you must be kind of immature, that God reserves the hardest trials for the people that are the strongest spiritually. Should we see the problems that we face as sort of a report card of how we're doing uh, spiritually? The series that we're living in is called Stuff Jesus Never Said, and by hearing that as the series, you know that I've already given away what I think, and that is that is, is not in keeping with what Jesus taught, and yet you hear it all the time. People say it all the time, and they mean it in a comforting way. They mean it in an encouraging way. They hear about something that you're going through, something I'm going through, and they'll say to us, well, God won't give you more than you can handle. And it's their way of giving you a pep talk. You, 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 can, you can manage this. You can handle this. You're going to do just fine. Everything's going to be um, fine in the end. But is that a helpful way to look at it? Is that even helpful advice to uh, give anyone? And so that's what we want to live with a little bit today. These podcasts are desired to designed to be sort of an unhurried, deeper dive into the messages that I'll give on a Sunday morning. It gives us a chance to live with them a little bit more, to linger with what we've talked about. Maybe it's a chance for me to underscore something that I, I said in the message, but I want to say more, uh, spend some more time with. Maybe it's a chance for me to develop it a little bit, a chance for me to take it deeper. Uh, it, it sometimes is triggered by conversations I have afterwards with people of things that I realize landed with them or even could be clarified more um, because of our discussion. By the way, we're also launching, in conjunction with this, our sister podcast, the Green Valley Church podcast. And if you want to hear these topics that that I often discuss in this podcast in a verse-by-verse measured way, 
that's what happens on our Sunday morning sermons. And so you can hear the message that I'm referencing here today on the GVC podcast, which you can get anywhere you get your podcast. So thanks for joining us uh, on this, this series. If you do happen to watch the 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 um, message, the sermon on Sunday morning, either watch it online at the greenvalleychurch.com website or come live and witness it. One of the things I did want to, to uh, talk about is the really creative bumper that is the opening video for this series. This is put together by uh, our friend Noah, and uh, he puts them together every time we do a near, new series. A church, and he calls them bumpers, so I call them bumpers too. It's just this brief sort of 20-second lead-in to um, the message for the series, and this one is just classic. It kind of has kind of cartoon music, and you see Jesus at a desk just from behind, and uh, you can tell it's him, though, and the desk says that it's the uh, control center. And uh, he's looking at ideas that people have about what he said. And he's looking at them on pieces of paper and then crumbling them up and throwing them into a wastebasket. And uh, I, I love it. Every week I look forward to, to uh, watching it as it leads into my message. And there's this one point where Jesus kind of sighs. And uh, that's my favorite point because and shakes his head as if, I can't believe people actually think that I said that. But the... Uh, cartoon nature of the bumper is really um, leads to what is really a much more serious problem and that is a lot of times we have these misconceptions about what Jesus said and they those misconceptions can lead to big problems in our life if we're not careful I was excited this week to uh, cover this topic because I I already had a problem with the cliche God won't give you more than you can handle. It just doesn't ring true. It doesn't ring true with life. It doesn't ring true with Scripture. We know that uh, how much suffering we face doesn't seem to be any kind of a indicator of where people are spiritually. Uh, more than that, it, it's not that helpful. As a matter of fact, it's kind of discouraging to tell someone who goes through real uh, serious trauma or tragedy that um, God allowed them to go through that. He gave it to them because he knew they could handle it. It's like, why do I want to handle this? Why do I want to grow in my faith if if this is the kind of thing that's going to come uh, my way? It just it feels like um, it feels like a slam to tell people that. It doesn't seem right that this is a threshold that God kind of measures the, the, the our capacity and then gives us what we can handle. We we know godly people that have had relatively easy lives and godly people that have really difficult lives. And it doesn't seem to be a, uh, contingent upon how much faith they have, how mature they are, how much they can handle. So I knew I had a problem with the cliche, but for it to fit in this series, I needed Jesus to address it. And I wasn't sure where in the Gospels Jesus actually addressed this concept or challenged it. Uh, and it had to go with the series. I knew that Paul addressed it. As a matter of fact, the cliche is often linked to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10.13, so I knew Paul addressed it, but 
Again, since a series of stuff Jesus never said, I wanted to make sure it was something that was grounded in him. So wasn't sure I was going to do it, and I was studying through the Gospels, and then I came across it, and I go, this is perfect. This this passage addresses it perfectly. So I found uh, a, a section where Jesus is teaching on the, the night before the crucifixion. is in the upper room with the disciples, and in John 16... He, he addresses it. He talks to them, and he looks at his disciples, and he, at one point he says to them, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. And suddenly I was intrigued by that, because Jesus was, was obviously tuned into how much they could handle. And so I wanted to know, is that, what what's he going to say next? How is he going to develop that? How does he handle knowing that they are kind of at their limit of what they can bear? And the next thing he says in verse 13, the following verses, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. And so Jesus is not going to just simply stop on what they can handle. He is going to send them the Holy Spirit, which will equip them to to handle more than they can handle now, To but not handle it on their own, not address it on their own or or tackle it on their own, but knowing that with the help of the Holy Spirit, they could face things that they could not handle on their own. And as the chapter continues, we found more. I found more and more fodder of reinforcing a different way to look at this this idea than the way our culture commonly um, puts it. The more I got into it, the more I wanted to break the myth that suffering is a measure of our spiritual strength. I began to see that it really is a, a dangerous cliche for us to embrace and, and not a very helpful thing for us to say to others because we start to see the problems that we face as sent from God into our life to somehow prove or demonstrate how much uh, strength we have. And this can become a real hurdle to people in their walk with the Lord. Why did God send that to me? Why did he think I could handle this? Why is he testing me in this way? And they look around and they see others that are not going through the same kind of fire that they're going through. And uh, it feels like God has been unfair. And, and some even stall out in their walk with God for years because of a particular tragedy that they faced. Blame it on God. Lisa Turkus, who I, who I quoted in the message, said that, if if we believe this cliche, this expression that's commonly held in, in culture, that we will become suspicious of God, wondering why he would do this and why he would send this. And it even can lead to people uh, walking away from the faith entirely because their view of God is captured in that phrase, which is not biblical, but simply cultural, that God's not going to give you more than that you can bear but then why did he give me this, whatever tragedy they face? And for me, the the lights on part of the passage in John 16, where Jesus is talking to his disciples, comes at the very end of the chapter in verse 33, where he says this brief statement, in this world you will have trouble. Now that statement is sandwiched between a couple very important uh, promises and statements that Jesus makes, and I'll, I'll develop that more in a moment. But just for a moment, think with me on those few words, in this world you will have trouble. 
By Jesus saying that, he is really defining the source of so many of our troubles, so many of our so much of our suffering, so much of the pain that we see in this world is in fact from the world. It is not that God is in heaven looking down on the planet and seeing how much people can handle and then sending trouble their way just to sort of test or demonstrate their spiritual threshold. Instead, it is that we live in a broken world, and this broken world is filled with pain and suffering as a result of of original sin as well as ongoing sin. This world is far from what God intended. He will, in fact, fix it and redeem it, but uh, the world that we experience here is both beautiful because it reflects the creation of God, the wonder of God, the majesty of God, and at the same time, it is incredibly broken. And we can see the root and the fruit of sin everywhere we look. And so we look at a world that is filled with disease and, and death, and that is a reminder of, uh, of the initial sin that hit our world in, in the very beginning and continues to play itself out to this day. We see natural disaster around us, which isn't because God created a world with nat- natural disaster, but rather because that is a result of a world that is now out of sync with the Creator. So much of the the pain then that we experience is pain that is arbitrary, uh, and we simply find ourselves sort of in the wake of it. We find ourselves blindsided by by these things that have nothing to do with us. When Jesus was walking this planet, uh, the the cultural idea was that if someone was born with a particular ailment, or if they especially got an ailment uh, as they aged, that that was a sign that they somehow deserved that, that the sin and their suffering was linked to their spiritual condition. And so they they asked Jesus, because they came across someone who had been born blind, he was blind from birth, and they said, now whose sin is this? Is it this person's sin, this man's sin, that he was born blind, or is it his parents' sin? Is it the suffering that his parents have had, having a blind child, or is it the suffering that he's experienced that this, this trauma is linked to? And Jesus surprised everyone by saying it's neither, that neither one was the reason that this this man went through this. It wasn't linked to a spiritual condition. In other words, it was part of just living in a world that was fractured and far from God. And much of what we experience is simply living in the wake of that, living in the the pain of that. Uh, And uh, Jesus went on to say that God would be glorified through it, which is the, the good news of God's redemption, that there's nothing that we face that, that God isn't bigger than and able to redeem it, but that's different than saying that God sent it or God caused it or God um, intended it um, because of some spiritual measurement in our own lives. Now, there is a, there are those who will push back, rightly so, that don't we bring on some of our own suffering? And the answer to that is absolutely. We are certainly sinful creatures ourselves, and because of that, we will bring on suffering of our own, uh, and that's a given, that's assumed. But much of the suffering and pain that we experience is not because we brought it on ourselves, 
but simply because we live in the wake of the tribulation of this world. What Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation. Sometimes it's simply the sinfulness of others. We live in systems that are inherently sinful, and the sinfulness of others, where it's a work environment, uh, a community um, environment, all kinds of ways in which the the sin will play itself out, and others are are acting upon their own choices, and it indirectly or directly impacts us as well. And I feel like that's important to say because this is where people get hung up. This is where people get tripped up spiritually. If God is the sender of every hard thing I face, then suddenly I'm not that attracted to the God. Uh, of the universe or the God of the Bible, because we've bought into this idea that he is somehow sending these things our way rather than a result of a world that is filled with with destruction. This past Sunday, after I gave uh, the message on this topic, it happened to be the um, the playoff game. The NFL playoff games were going on that uh, four teams were playing, two of which would advance to the Super Bowl. And uh, in one of those games, uh, the... Um, Kansas City Chiefs, led by quarterback Patrick Mahomes, uh, came were the underdogs, but they came back and they they won the game. I guess they uh, it was a back and forth, and they won the game, uh, and it was a it was a a victory that that many thought wouldn't happen. And uh, afterwards, he was being interviewed uh, as the winning quarterback by a TV announcer, and as he was being interviewed, he said something, and someone in my church who had heard the message earlier that day texted me, and I'll just read the text thread to you. He texted me, and he said, Patrick Mahomes in his post-game interview said, quote, God put a lot of obstacles in front of us, unquote. And this guy said, I yelled at the TV, no, he didn't. And then he has a crying with laughter emoji after that. And uh, I, the, the funny thing is I had just seen that same uh, interview as well. I had heard him say that quote, and I was kind of thinking the same thing, especially because of my message just that day. And so I wrote back and I said, ha-ha, I heard, th- I heard that and thought the same thing. And uh, I then thought, well, I need to kind of qualify this a little bit because as far as I know, Patrick Mahomes is a believer and he probably, you know, didn't have the benefit of hearing my message that morning. Uh, Pretty sure he didn't. I'm going to say 100% chance he didn't. Uh, So he didn't have that benefit. And so uh, I wanted to kind of, you know, not make him the bad guy so much here. And so I I texted again. I said, he could have said that God tests us, and maybe that's what he meant. I'll give him that. But that is very different than sending most of the troubles that life throws us uh, and uh, our way. And uh, this guy texts it back, or God prepared us for this moment because we never lost faith despite all the adversity that we faced. And I wrote, yes, he should have said that. That would have been better. That is so true. And but what I love about that whole interchange and whole that whole dialogue that we had via text is, is we're starting to think a little bit more biblically about the troubles that we have in our lives. Of course, it's easy for the winning quarterback to say, "Well, God sent those troubles, but now I'm here, you know, on the 
with the microphone in my face and uh, headed to the Super Bowl. But a little harder to say if you're the losing quarterback, if you're the losing team on the other end, to sign and say, well, these are just obstacles that God sent our way because he knew that we could handle it. Well, why didn't he think the other team could handle it? I wish they could handle it more than we could handle it. And that logic just doesn't play itself out. And so we we start to, um, I think, think more Christianly, more in a biblical mindset when we evaluate these these cliches and 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 hold them parallel to what Jesus actually said. Uh, and I think we we are better served when we do that. We are better served when we see. Jesus is saying, in this world you will have tribulation, that the trouble that we have is really sourced and part of the environment in which we live, the world in which we have been placed, the world in which we find ourselves. Even Paul, in the passage that is usually referenced as an endorsement of the expression, God won't give you more than you can handle, even Paul in 1 Corinthians 10.13, when he talks about temptation there rather than than tribulation, he talks about um, the temptations that we face. Even there, he doesn't say that God sends those temptations to us. He says that these are temptations that we are overtaken by. And in in James, we learn that that temptation doesn't come from God. That God does not send temptations our way. Uh, and so we we are starting to think more biblically when we understand these tribulations and temptations are part of the environment we live in rather than uh, this this trouble that God is sending our way. Well, I told you I'd unpack verse 33 of John 16 a little bit more, and so let me do that. I really think there are three parts to that that are essential for us to uh, get our minds around as believers. Uh, Jesus said this, he said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. That's the first thing. That's the first part of his statement there. He says, I've told you these things so that you might have peace. Instead of being agitated because of the things that might come our way, wondering if we'll be able to handle them or not, or wondering if they do come our way, if God is the sender of them and we are just left to be the handlers of them, we're the ones that have to somehow handle it because he knew that we could. Rather than the agitation that comes from that, Jesus set this this up, set us up by telling us that we can have peace. It's a promise that uh, even understanding the environment that we live, that we can have peace. Uh, the peace is because of the Spirit that God gives us to endure these things, to walk through these things, to journey with God through whatever life throws our way. That should give us peace. And then the the second part is the reality check, the part that we've already talked a lot about already. In this world, you will have trouble. It's the reality check that this world is full of trouble, that uh, despite what many people tell you, becoming a a follower of Jesus does not mean that suddenly life is going to go smooth and uh, well and and no no problems, no hiccups, no, no speed bumps along the way. In fact, Jesus said just the opposite, that we will have trouble, live long enough, and all of us will prove that to be true, that this world is filled with trouble. But then that's not the end. There's a third part 
of this verse, and that is the victory that he promises. Jesus ends with these words, I have, but take heart, I have overcome the world. We can have peace and we can take heart. Uh, we, can be, we can be heartened, we can be encouraged, we can be um, confident moving forward. Why? Because he has overcome the world. Because of his resurrection, because of his um, defeat of death, our chief enemy, and because of his resurrection to new life, we have the promise that we too um, can stand with him in victory, that we will face things in this world that are harder than, than we can handle, that are more difficult than we can bear, but we can have peace on the front end and we can have victory on the back end because he walks with us. He's at work in the middle of those things. His, his presence is there with whatever our fa- we face. His blessing is there in ways that we, we couldn't anticipate or even expect to be there in the middle of it. God is always at work redeeming it. Uh, he is the rescuer. He is the redeemer. He's the one who, who puts things back together. He's available to heal um, through the process. And he will use us along the way and use us afterwards as well. And for all those reasons, we have, we have victory in the one who overcame the world, the source of so much of our trouble. Well, I hope that gives you a little bit better framework to think about the suffering that we see in this world, the troubles that you and I face. If you're going through a, a tough time right now, I'm so sorry to hear that. I hope this has been helpful. I hope this gives you a way to frame the uh, trouble that you're going through, and I hope you experience the peace that Jesus promises on the front end and the end, the hope of the victory that he promises on the back end. Again, this has been sort of a deeper dive into the sermon that I gave last Sunday. It was simply entitled uh, exactly the same as the common expression that we hear. The title of it is, God won't give you more than you can handle. And the the subtext underneath says, and other things Jesus never said. If you'd like to listen to it again, uh, or perhaps catch it for the first time, you can catch it on the Green Valley Church podcast that runs simultaneous with this. Or if you'd like to view it, you'd like to watch it, you can do so at greenvalleychurch.com. There in that message, I am packet uh, the passage verse by verse. So until next time, this has been Unhurried with me, your host, Doug Kyle. I look forward to talking soon.